How's it going, everybody? It's another week here. Another week. Another week. Oh, my goodness. I was talking to Justin. Justin, Justin, if you're listening, for those who follow me on Twitter, you would see, you've seen me talk about Justin. Justin gets up at 5 a.m. every morning. Justin's in Canada. So he gets up at 5 a.m. every morning in the snow and puts on his toque. Not a hat. It's a toque. If you're Canadian, you'll get it. And actually goes for a run listening to the Inside Inside Sales Show. And that's awesome. And so I want to give a shout out to Justin for doing that. Um, I was talking to him the other day and I was just saying, dude, how the hell do you do that? I just don't know. But it's funny, right? Because I can't do it. I'll be honest with you. I just can't do it. I, I, I like waking up slow and then, and then I like going out and grabbing a coffee and I'll just read the news. Like whatever, I'll read Reddit, I'll read the news, I'll read, you know, whatever publications, cable network, you know, I'll read The Guardian, I'll read The Wall Street Journal, I'll read The Washington Post, I read CBC, BBC, whatever it takes me. I'm just reading. In other words, I'm not reading stuff that's sales related. This is me. I got to ease into my day and then I'll start and then boom, I'm full bore, you know, until whatever time at night. And if I do that, I'm cool. Justin's getting up at 5 a.m. And the first thing his thought is after he puts on his toque and his running outfit outside at minus 30 degrees Celsius is let's listen to Daryl on in the Inside Inside Sales Show. Different priorities, eh? It's how you all measure success. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm just laughing. Justin, I love you, but brother, how do you do it? Um, but it's funny because we all have different ways of starting our day and we have different ways of approaching our jobs. And I was reminded of the job angle and the fact that, how do I put this? Sometimes I've been a boss for so long. I know that sounds obnoxious, doesn't it? I've been a boss for so long that I forget sometimes what it's like to be early in my career. All right. I'm an old freaking man with the white hair to prove it, but I got a cool sweater on today. I'm feeling very fashionable. Um, so, I got my two kids, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, I won't go into what they do. It doesn't matter. But what happens is I hear them on occasion come to me and they'll say, oh, I'm frustrated with this or I'm frustrated with that or this isn't quite going the way I thought it would go or I thought my boss would do this or my boss hasn't done that. And I want to be clear in this. My kids aren't whining. They're frustrated. And it's not necessarily the boss's fault, but my kids don't know this. All right. So there's an angle I'm going at here. This is a, my, I, my kids are a brilliant reminder to me of what somebody who's just going in their career or earning their career goes through every single day. And when I listen to my kids say, I, I'll give you an example. My one kid said, uh, I haven't had a review yet. You know, I supposed to have an employee review. I haven't had the review. I, did, I said, did you remind them? Well, yeah. How long ago? Oh, about three weeks ago. Has anything happened? No. Have they scheduled anything? No. Have you talked to them since? No. You've not talked to them since? No. You're talking to me right now, but you've not talked to them. And they're like, yeah. And I said, okay, so here's the thing. I said, I'm going to tell you about managers, Okay managers try to be good men. Generally speaking, we all try to be good managers. We know you need a review. We know we need to give you a review. And you told us and we listened and in good faith, we were going to go give you a review and book it. But then shit happens. 
and we get distracted and we're like the shiny object and we don't even know that you're freaking out that you've never got your review because you came to me you came to me and and there you go so i'm going to table that for a second i'm going to wrap this story up but i'm going to table that before i started this recording I I went to one of my team members and I said, that person on your team who does this, what are they doing? I've not heard from them in months. I don't know what they're doing. And they come back and they said, well, apparently they emailed you three weeks ago looking for your input on something and they haven't heard from you. So I go and I check my inbox and sure enough in my inbox, there's their email. And of course, it's gone way, way, way down. And I went back to my employee and I said, I found the email. They did do that. I said, I understand. Okay, no problem. I said, that was three weeks ago. I said, "Um, you know, I have this thing called Slack. I have this thing called a phone. It takes text messages. It takes phone calls. I said, I have you. You're in between me and your employee. They could escalate up to you. There's lots of ways to get me to pay attention to them. I'm not justifying that I missed their email. Just like as a manager, I'm not justifying that I forgot to book your review that I said I would. What I'm trying to tell you is, and I I said, you need to teach your employee that they own their own success. They own their own success. This person should have escalated up if I didn't get back. This person should have pushed you to push me because excuses aside, I'm impeding them. So that was that. So I go back to my my kid I talked about, and I said, you need to own your own success. I know you told them. You need to literally, I'm not making this up. You need to send them a calendar invite that says employee review. You need to own it and book it. And he did. Lo and behold, he did. And guess what they had? They had his review. And he was all happy. And none of the concerns he had were really real because they always magnify in our heads. All right. So I've shared this whole long-winded story. Where am I going with this, kids? I'm going with this is that managers and employees need to work together to manage each other's success. There's tools, there's tactics, there's processes, there's techniques, and there's ownership. Who do I know is awesome at developing this dynamic, whether it be coaching other people in communities that they founded, whether it be creating master classes for people to know best practices and what to do, whether you're a manager or an employee, whether it's creating a SaaS solution that just got $20 million to physically help bring data-driven sales management to the masses. This cat knows everything I'm talking about. The company I'm referring to is Atrium. The cat is Peter Kazanji. And I try to do that best flat Kazanji in my Southern California tone. I don't know how well I nailed it. Kazanji. Nailed it. I nailed nailed it. it. There we go. So, Peter, welcome to the show, my friend. That was my long-winded diatribe. Dude, I like that story. It was quite good. I can only imagine your customer story deployment in like disco calls. <laughs> I, I imagine that game is strong to quite strong. If, it it's, if it's anything like that, it's strong to quite strong. 
I was listening, I was doing something the other day with one of my reps and I think we were, they were part, they were on a call with me. Right. But I was leading the call and she messages me and she's like, holy shit, your discovery is amazing. And a lot of it, it's just what it is, is, is exactly what I do here on the podcast, folks. If you ever listen to me, I'm very careful at saying, all right, so let's recap. What did Peter just say? Peter said A, B, and C. Uh, even though he probably took 10 minutes to say A, B, and C and do this, but don't do that's discovery. You're playing back to oh, them yeah. to make sure that you heard it right. So that's an aside. Okay. Peter, let's <laughs> talk it. a little Love bit it. about you. Cause you, I, I actually said to Pete before we went live, I said, I feel like I'm in the house of royalty right now. I mean, he's raised $20 million. <laughs> he's just, that was just announced uh, very recently. Peter is a guest lecturer at Columbia business school. He is an author, the startup sales handbook. He is the founder of modern sales pros whom I, I got to tell you, modern sales pros, best community that I'm involved in most honest, most real. And I take exceptional pleasure every time somebody gets banned for 30 days for preaching or pitching. <laughs> love that the most. People, Keeps love, it people love that. Yeah. People love that. It's like voting someone off the Island and survivor or whatever. They actually, they, they really I, love that. They're jazz. I got a group of people. That. We message each other every time it happens. We're like, ha, he got nailed, but it keeps the conversation <laughs> honest. No pitching. And of course, does. Peter's, <laughs> it does. He's the co-founder of Atrium. All right, Pete, we got lots to talk about today. So yeah. welcome, to the, welcome um, to the show. Are, what, do you, what are you doing to $20 million? Everybody wants to know. And are you hiring? Well, that's, the I, second, that's the next thing they want to know. I think what you told me to do is that I the first thing I need to do is buy a gold-plated toilet seat. Correct. For, yeah, so for whoever the top performing... Maybe we'll buy two of them. Whoever is like for the SDR who had the most opportunities created in the prior month, they get to use the gold-plated toilet seat. And then, you know, for the AE who who had the bookings, uh, you know, who was the the bookings leader, they they would do that. So I think that uh, that's a to-do. I have it written down on my Atrium uh, uh, post-it notes here. Um, but yeah, we uh, we just raised twenty million dollars. Um, for folks that don't know, Atrium makes uh, data-driven sales management software that the, that exists to help managers uh, use data and metrics to improve rep and team performance. I think we're going to talk a little bit about how reps can use uh, metrics and data to improve their own performance, almost kind of like taking control of your own career. I think we just heard maybe a little story about that earlier. Um, but yeah, that's what we do. We're hiring a bunch of account executives right now. We're, I mean, we're blessed to work with 200 plus um, you know, amazing modern sales organizations, um, you know, we just crossed $3 million in ARR having tripled in the last year. And, um, yeah, we just, we're really blessed to be able to work with a lot of amazing, uh, a lot of amazing sales organizations, helping them be more data driven and make their reps better using that data. So here's a true sign, you know, you're data driven. Okay. So this is on their press release that they issued on the PR newswire and their, oh. their subhead, the subhead says breakthrough platform drives sales productivity and enables sales teams to realize 50% greater opportunities. And here's the best part, 31% higher bookings, not 30, not 30, not about 30, 31. 31. So therefore, if you want to know if he's data driven, well, you can drive 31% higher bookings with Atrium. All right. That's enough of the pitch for Atrium, but let's talk, let's talk enough of that behind us. Let's talk about, let's talk about, um, measuring and monitoring. Like, so when it comes to reps, the one thing I find reps know the least, Peter, you know, they will learn how to sell. They will study how to sell. 
They may botch how to sell, but they suck at absolutely measuring and monitoring themselves. Any kind of assessment they make on their abilities or success is 101%, not 100, 101. I'm in the one theme, 101%. Subjective. I think I'm doing well. I'm, you know, relative to Susie, I'm kicking ass. Well, how well are you doing? I don't, I'm pretty good. You know, so talk to me. What do reps, what do reps need to do to measure, to monitor themselves? And then how can they use that data to make themselves better? Yeah, I think our whole industry has like a math phobia (laughs) and um, (laughs) it's okay, right? Like, hey, don't get me wrong, right? So like I, um, I'm a very right brain dude. I'm, um, this is why I was remarking on, on Daryl's excellent storytelling earlier, because that's as sale as sellers. And then where do sales managers come from? They come from sellers, like as sellers, we're communicators, right? We're storytellers. We form relationships, we persuade people. And, um, and so we don't spend a lot of time numerically, uh, instrumenting the, the success of that of that persuasion or what, what have you. Um, even though the reality is, is that because we do that persuasion and the, those communication, what have you across dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of opportunities um, and, and customers and what have you, you can actually use metrics to, to, to monitor and then manage and improve that, that behavior. So it's not really surprising that we have this math phobia and you kind of see the same thing in like professional athletics as well. Even though there's like this big analytics revolution that has happened, a lot of the folks, you know, you don't get, you don't, you don't go into being like a hockey player. You don't go into being a football player or whatever in order to do a lot, spend a lot of time in Excel. Right. And the same is true with those coaches. Where do those coaches come from? They don't come from like, you know, Bain or McKinsey or whatever. I think they used to be players themselves. Like they were, uh, you know, a defenseman or they were, uh, you know, a center or, or what have you. And so I think it's understandable that people don't have like that muscle isn't natural, but that doesn't mean that we can't use it and exploit it. And so this is something that a lot of managers are coming to realize and leaders are like, oh, man, you know, I'm really going to be left behind if I don't use data to to better manage and improve my, my team performance. And then per Daryl's really excellent story earlier, yeah managers need to spend their time doing that. They need to really get on that, on that train. Um, now the good news is, is that there's, there's better tool chain nowadays to make that easier versus like walls of charts and tableau and like dashboards and whatever, like, Oh my God, like what's going on here? Like I have to pick out what's happening. There's, there's like, you know, emerging categories of software, like we're, you know, we're an example thereof to kind of help with that. But the same is true with reps as well. And so there's really an opportunity for reps to do a better job to like self-manage and be be ahead of their own um, performance using, using data. You you made something you made an interesting reference there with the sports the sports analogy and I'm just thinking I'm yeah. a I'm Canadian I'm a hockey guy you said hockey you must love I, hockey you got I it love I love hockey I, right I did that for you and I I was like of all the sports you did it I was I was so proud of you and of I'm course. thinking to myself how often when you know it's between the breaks and and they're sweating perspiring buckets and the ESPN. <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> reporter puts their microphone on their face. How often does that hockey player say, uh, Jim, 
Can we just talk about my Corsi percentage for a second? It never <laughs> ever happens. All right. <laughs> no, no. What is it? It's, it's 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 Corsi. It's Corsi, and what's the other one? Fen, Fen, not Fennec. Fennec is a fox. I forget. There's like I, yes. I've 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 learned a little bit of um uh, fancy stats. I think is yes. What the, so they're all the, the fancy stats, that. right? Then he's like, yeah, no, yeah. no, we're just hustling. We're going fast. We're blocking the shots. We're just trying to keep it simple. You know, praise God, and I'll see you next period. That's what they're talking about, right? So. But you know what? Corsi is a real stat, and that actually has a direct impact on their success, and they do need to focus on it. But so that hockey player is like a sales rep. Um, so are there certain stats or are there certain metrics that you've observed, whether as a sales leader yourself um, or amongst your platform with all your, your user community that reps should be looking at to monitor their own success? Yeah, I mean, honestly, they're the same metrics that like the the uh, the manager should be looking at, and it, you you know you can depending on how kind of sophisticated you are already, you can either be more sophisticated or like if you're not really there, just start. The most important thing is the is the just start. And so you know if you think about so if you're uh, an account executive, what's like the fundamental unit of of selling behavior? It's having a meeting. Right. So if you're not measuring how many customer facing meetings you're having, even if even if it's literally just on a whiteboard, even if it's literally just a post-it note on your desk, or if you want to get even fancier, a little fancy stats action, like in a in your own personal Google Sheet to understand how many customer facing meetings am I having per week, then like starting with that. And so then once you start, it's kind of getting in the jacuzzi. You don't cannonball in. You kind of like put your foot in first and be like, oh, okay. Get used to that. And like, now I'm going to put it in a little bit more. Like, so maybe then the next thing that you, you start counting is like second meetings, right? For first meet, like total meetings. And then maybe we break them out between first and second meetings. Because now what we can do is we can say, hey, of my first meetings, how many turn into second meetings? Because if I'm not getting second meetings off my first meetings, well, I don't know, man. This seems like that might be a problem, unless you're a one call close. But most of probably most of the folks that are listening right now, probably not one call closes, right? So then, so now we've got meetings and we got first meetings versus second meetings, right? And so now all of a sudden we can do the conversion rate between those two. And we can say, hey, am I doing a good job of getting second meetings? And if I'm not, if I, if I am, God bless. And if I'm not, uh-oh, why is that? Am I not able to set that next meeting after that first one, am I maybe not doing as good of a job qualitatively in discovery of like eliciting pain and demonstrating need to the to the prospect? And so now all of a sudden, you could have that information. You can measure yourself. Hey, is my meeting counts going down over time? Oh, that seems like a problem. Am I meeting counts going up on a weekly or a monthly basis over time? Well, that seems like a good thing. Am I doing a better job of getting the second meetings? And also, how do I compare with respect to those metrics as compared to Susie over here? Everybody knows Susie. She's the one who, like, you know, goes to, qualifies for President's Club in, uh, you know, th three quarters of the way through the years. How do my metrics compare to hers? And so now what we're doing is we're doing a little bit of self-management, right? Not only are we, we holding ourselves accountable for where we ought to be at, now we're actually using that data to potentially improve our performance by indexing off of somebody else. And the same, of course, is true with, in SDR land as well. Am I sending enough emails? What's my response rate? Am I engaging new contacts? Are new contacts coming into my pipe? Because like, you know, you can beat a dead horse, 
inadvisable, right? <laughs> but if we're just sending lots and lots and lots of emails to the same contacts that maybe like we you know added to our our cadence or whatever, however long ago, and we're not bringing new blood into the into our pipe. Well, that's kind of problematic. So if you just if you start with a handful of these metrics and you start paying attention to them, ideally your manager is doing this, but I, as kind of <laughs> discussed earlier, most managers, you know, don't necessarily come from that that background, which is why, you know, there are helpful things like Atrium to help make that way easier for them. But you can still kind of take the bull by the horns and measure it yourself. And I'm sure a lot, the funny thing is is a lot of folks we we live in a you know an Apple Watch health world, like a Whoop world, a Strava world, a Peloton world, where people have data driven performance experiences in their own kind of personal lives, but oftentimes it kind of like falls off when it goes into their professional life. And there's really just an opportunity to 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 do that both individually and also as a manager to make to make everybody better. A couple of things that Pete just said that really struck, struck, struck out of me. And it was, and that wasn't just what he said. It was how he said it. So, so he said, all right, so how much time, you know, a couple of, a couple of things, you know, effectively he's kind of saying, how much were you at each stage? You know, how many conversations are you having? And then how many second conversations are you having? So what's that conversion from one to the other? Right. And he didn't go and beat himself up. Instead, he used that as a springboard to be introspective. We talk about being self-aware all the time, right? To say, why is that? And I need a comparison. So how does that compare to Susie, who is President's Club in August? But we all know Susie and the sales manager have a special thing going on, so that doesn't really count. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, the, it's that whole, you know, context. How am I doing? But then he went to the next step and he said, why? Why is that? What do I need to do? Am I not setting enough pressure up front, enough value, enough pain. You know what he just described using metrics? He just described, this is the part that blows me away. Most reps, you won't do what Peter just described. You won't do it, except you do. You get on a call and you do a discovery with a prospect whom you don't know. And you say, what's your pain point? And they say, oh, we're losing money which is a metric. Why are you losing money? Well, it's because of this. Well, why? Well, it's because of this. Well, why? It's because of this. Oh, so we get down to the root cause. The symptom was you're losing money and that's also a pain, but the root cause is because of something we didn't even talk about in the first 20 minutes until I finally got you there. If I can fix that root cause, then you will stop losing money and your business will be better, right? Yeah. Okay. Discovery. You're doing diagnosis and now you've got a plan of attack. That's what he just told you. The data becomes your, your springboard to understanding what is affecting your success so that you can then go and determine what the solution is. And sometimes the solution isn't obvious, which is where you do kind of an A-B test, right? Well, I'm going to try doing it this way for half of the sample size and doing it that way for the other half of the sample size because there, it could be one of two reasons why I'm screwing up, and then you get your reason why. It's all data. It's all numbers, and the numbers aren't scary. They're simply symptoms to help you identify how to be a better sales rep. So why are you so math scared? Why are they so math scared, Peter? You know, I think it's um, I I think it's just like a, a question of familiarity, and that's okay. It's just like an education thing, and rec- like if you think about it, having access to this data hasn't really been available all that terribly long. So, like having 
um, cloud CRMs like uh, Salesforce or whatever. Like Salesforce is only like 20, 20 years older or so. Um, and um, so first you got to have the data available in order to be able to do the analysis. And then you got to be able to do the analysis. So if like the data has only kind of been available and like cool sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft and others have only been around for like, you know, five or 10 years to log that data into places. Well, like the data has only been available for a certain amount of time. Now people need to get the actual muscles to interpret it. And so this is why it's not surprising that that people don't like have those muscles necessarily. Now, that's not an excuse to like put your head in the sand and pretend that it's never going to matter. Right. It's just like I mean, I'm sure folks who if, if folks who are listening have probably seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Oh, I love and, Moneyball, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And if you haven't, you really should, because it's just like such a great example of like you know, dinosaurs with their head in the sand. And of course, people use the, like, use the emerging advantage, like, you know, to be data driven to just like kick ass, like beat ass on, on their competitors. So yeah, just because like you're uncomfortable with it right now, doesn't mean that's an excuse to not get good at it over, over time. And, and this is why there's like a market opportunity for things like Atrium and what have you. So, like the first thing is like, Hey, look, it's okay to not be, not be great at it, but that means we got to start. Right, we got to start at least like in some sort of capacity. And you see this a lot in like use the sports um, analytics situation, where where like sports analytics started out was in like recruiting. So being then that's the story of Moneyball um, is using analytics in order to understand which players that maybe like maybe look a little tubby or like you know maybe kind of over the hill or whatever. Like actually, look at their stats. Their stats fine. Who cares if his like you know nose is purple? Doesn't really matter. Like he like his his shot percentage is really good. His coursey his coursey is quite high, right? So let's go let's go grab him. So it started there, and and that was like an easier use case. But now people do all sorts of insane stuff. They do in game modifications, right? Like in in American baseball, you know people will do. Like, oh, here comes this batter up. We're going to shift the infield over here. And and that's going to raise our, that's going to lower his batting average and raise our, our out percentage right there. And so the point being that like, once you have this data-driven muscle, like all sorts of rad things manifest as a, as a result. Um, but you got to start, right? You got to start. So let's talk about that. Because we, we talked about how, you know, I use the example of my kids or my employees not chasing us down. They just expected it to happen. And they might've made a passing reference, just like a sales manager might've made a passing reference that, Hey, I, you're not getting a lot of second conversations. You may want to fix that. And so we're telling the audience listening today that you got to kind of own it. The numbers are your friend. They can help you identify where you're not performing well. However, however, exactly to Peter's point, you still have to kind of learn it. You guys at Atrium have something that's really cool. And if I, tell me if I get this right, you've got the data-driven sales management academy. Mm-hmm. Now, is that <laughs> something that the audience could go to? And why would they go there? Would that help them better understand the numbers so they can become more versed? So how does it work? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, we have a huge resource, like resource um uh, academy on on our website if you just go to atriumhq.com at the top of the website it says uh resources and there's like all manner of like master classes and documents and what have you there's a lot of videos so you like you don't have to if if like reading pdfs or or, or whatever isn't your your uh, cup of tea there's a there's a bunch of like recordings in there as well and and like really it's just kind of like there's sales math basics 
right, on how to kind of start both for SDRs and also for account executives. Um, this stuff is manager applicable as well. But there's like, yeah, there's everything on there from kind of like Bunny Hill all the way up to like double black diamond stuff. So I'm a Bunny Hill kind of guy. Just kids, so you know, I'm not a double black diamond kind of guy. Bunny Hill all the way. In fact, this is how bad I'm a Bunny Hill kind of guy, all right? I'm Canadian and I can't ice skate. That's right. I said it publicly. Didn't they throw? Know, didn't they throw you out of the country for that? They pretty much do. It, that look you just had in your face, where you just kind of did double take, and, you, and then you and then you were secretly judging me. That's what I get times ten up here. All right. So oh, I can I'm a bunny hill. Yeah, it's true. I'm a bunny hill kind of guy. But the reality is, everybody's a bunny hill kind of guy at one point in time. So go to the. Uh, the Data-Driven Sales Management Academy, and learn the numbers. Okay, finally, I want to say one thing here, okay, guys? We talked about numbers, and and it's not unreasonable that you would expect, if you don't know the numbers, we've given you one option to physically teach yourself. That's one option. And why? Because you you want to get better. You want to make more money. You, you want to hit President's Club ahead of Susie and make all the extra money because then your accelerators kick in. That's why you do it. You do it just for the compensation. Um but it's not unreasonable that you would expect your manager to also be able to coach you on some of these things. And some managers can, but some managers aren't so good at this. So if I'm a sales manager listening to this right now, and I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now, how do I get good at this? Pete is the exact same way. I go to the exact same resource or yep. yes, that's it right there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Go. I mean, I think that one of the cool things with Atrium, too, is it takes about 90 seconds to set up. So you can just, um, if you want to look at your own data, like you're either your own team's data or if like you're an individual and you want to look at your own data as a rep, uh, kind of like what your you know your various um, metrics look like, whether you're an account executive, you want to look at like your win rate and your ASP and your meeting counts and things like that. Or, of course, you know, more commonly, if you're a manager and you want to see that for the eight reps that report to the eight AEs that report to you or the, you know, 10 SDRs or eight SDRs that report to you, it takes about 90 seconds to set up, um, set up Atrium, just sign in with your, um, with your Salesforce account. So there you go. If you want to check it out, and this is probably sounding a little bit like we're pitching Atrium. We're actually not. I know it comes across that way. So here, let me clarify. I want you to go and get your numbers. Full stop. There's lots of tools out there that would do it. Atrium is a good tool. It's not the only tool. You, you could go. You could use the whiteboard. You could use, use the whiteboard. whiteboard. You could use, use a Google Sheet. A Google Sheet, a spreadsheet. You, there's lots of things you can do. All right. Post the point note. is just do it. Start the process. Yes. Now, start. The beauty of something like an Atrium, though, is that they've done a lot of the hard work for you already. To me, it's oh, yeah. a cool tool. Um, I will give a shout out. We are not Atrium customers yet. We have been in discussions for a few months. Uh, my good friend, Sean, Sean Card Cardenas, I hope I say his last name yeah. right, uh, has, has been a freaking rock star and patient and cool as shit uh, in the whole process. He's just been a good guy. <laughs> um, he's trial closed me so many times. I'm so proud of him. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're looking at it too. And, and the reason we're looking at it, honestly, is because I'll, I'll just be shooting straight with you right now. And with no offense to my friends at Salesforce, Salesforce is a bitch to get data out of. It really, truly is. So there's a tool like Atrium or others well, just it's you're saving time. It's pre-built. Away you go. Life is good. Check it out. Atriumhq.com is the website. But with that, guys, the lesson of the day is just know your numbers, right? It's not just and when you say know your numbers, you're thinking revenue. What's my target? I got what's I got to hit? Yeah. Uh, 
What are, the, know, what are the leading indicators yeah. to that? You see? Yeah. To yeah. know your numbers, you got to know your numbers. Get ahead of it. And that's the whole <laughs> point. All right? Take control of your own destiny. Uh, follow Peter on LinkedIn. Peter, best way to reach you, my friend. Is it LinkedIn or is it elsewhere? Uh, yeah, like LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. You just search for uh, Pete Kazanji and like I'm pretty much the only one that will come up. So it's pretty easy to find. And I would also tell your sales leadership, if they're not part of modern sales pros, they should be because it's phenomenal. Um, so mm, that's something a little helpful. secret you can pass along to your crew there. Every single person I've referred to modern sales pros uh, in my leadership uh, peer community has come back and just thanked me profusely for it. They were like, why have I not heard of this? And this is the best freaking thing ever. So that's it. That's my plug. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to call it a game. Call it a day. Uh, we're going to go back and study some advanced stats, um, improve our Corsi, uh, do some cool yep. analytics, uh, and we're going to go on uh, onto Alibaba and look for gold-plated toilet seats. So that's the plan today. That's, um, that's my action item after this. Is that, that is your action item after that. Go find and the toilet seats. Justin, if you're still running after all of this, God bless you. You're, you're just incredible. My name is Daryl Braille. This, my friends, is the Inside Inside Sales Show. You take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.